Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Now I'm Kelly. I'm Elena. And I'm Jamie. Um, we don't have Gabe with us this week. He's at a conference. But if you hear something in the background, we do have a, a special guest, Kelly. Yes, we have my five-month-old child <laughs> who has an ear infection. So he's home from daycare and just laying on the floor trying to be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So he, wa- he was grabbing the mic, so this is why he's on the floor. Yeah, this is take two. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this one's more successful than take one. So we could start our podcast with... Um, nobody watched the State of the Union. Nobody watched the State of the Union because... We're not masochists. Uh-huh, yeah. No, I've had lots of... I had a couple of friends who were like, we should live tweet it all together. And about three minutes in, they're all like, this was a really bad idea. I had I friends who made a drinking game of it because that's the kind of friends I have. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just fear any drinking game you make with a Donald Trump speech would end very, very badly with, like, ER trips. I was like, I have to go to work in the morning. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, it's an act of resistance to mm-hmm. not listen and yes. self-care. Uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. Suck it, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. But he said lots of ridiculous things and, you know, continued with his racist undertones and overtones and blatantism. Yes, <laughs> dog whistles and not-so-dog whistles, but... Mm. One of the things that I kept seeing and I'm continuing to see is a story that of a family that was there, the police officer, his wife, and their adopted infant child who... Um, adopted. Yes. <laughs> and um, who came to their family because as a cop, he came across a homeless pregnant woman who had addiction, drug addiction um, issues and she was desperate and didn't know what to do and needed a savior and was mm. the whole story. And so he right then and right there was the hero who stepped in and said, I'll adopt your baby and went home and convinced his wife they needed to adopt this baby. And now they have this baby. And there's where no, is mm. the woman in this story? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. so so what I'm hearing is that this man stole a child. Yeah. from somebody <laughs> kind of yeah. and is being uplifted as a hero mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh good yeah and uh, and we don't know the outcome of like the homeless drug addicted woman at all no like i, I some some stories i've said I've said that they may have located her she's still living not in a home still having mm-hmm. issues um you know so yeah he didn't like put her in treatment and help her and help her have a better life you know like this is my problem with a lot of what we're talking about with the opiate addiction mm. issue catastrophe we're having i don't call it an epidemic because epidemics have to have a disease that can pass from one person to another and mm. drug addiction is not one of those but um that's science jamie i know it's science <laughs> but i hate when people use epidemic wrong it's one of my pet peeves but um is that you know we need to help all these children we need to help these babies who are being abandoned and blah like why don't we help their families so they can all be successful together but then Mm. but then there won't be all these white babies for wealthy people to adopt 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, Zamia. <laughs> you named it. <laughs> well, and, and Kelly and I were talking about this earlier, too. It's it's a novel thing, you know, mm-hmm. this whole idea of basically stealing people's children in the United States, but we've been doing it overseas for a very, mm-hmm. very long time. You know, families are told that their child will, you know, go get a better education in the United States and things like that. They aren't being told that they're signing away their parental rights to mm-hmm. raise this child. They're supposed to, like, go get an education and come home and make things better. But yeah. that's not what's happening here. And Yeah, they, don't, they never see their family again. They're just, like, absconded with by yes. these white families in America. Yeah. I'll try to find it. There was a CNN story, actually, about a woman say it was nigeria mm-hmm. that she adopted a little girl out of nigeria and was told her family story you know her father had died and her mother just couldn't take care of her and she was found abandoned somewhere and she was older so when she started to learn english she started talking about this loving family and sister and mother and everything that she had at home and it wasn't adding up to the story the adoption agency had told the family about her history so they started looking into it and and discovered yes that mm. she had a loving mother at home and she didn't think she had signed her child away to go live with this other family and actually made the trip back and took the child back and she's now living and there was actually another young girl from the same village that had a similar story that was also returned to her family and the sacrifice of those families to realize hey wait this isn't right and this shouldn't be my child this child has a family and needs to go back to it was is amazing so we'll try to find that and put in the show notes but (laughs) yeah so that was that was the one piece of of the state of the union that really lifting a cop for not doing his job and stealing somebody's child (laughs) One of many, many things (laughs) that was wrong. But, um, so that was Tuesday night, right? So, so. but, Mm -hmm. and then. But Wednesday was much better. (laughs) Wednesday (laughs) was kind of all over the place, actually. Um, As our executive director, Kelly Copeland, tweeted, we had done two legislative hearings, a press conference, and a 45th anniversary row event all before 2 o'clock. It was a busy, busy day. It started with um, sponsor testimony on Senate Bill 28, which our frequent listeners will know is the ridiculous you-have-to-bury-your-cremate-fetal-tissue bill. Um, so Senator Yeeker, um, is the sponsor of it and it's being heard in the house has made it all the way all the way through the Senate. So, um, it's in the house health committee now. He delivered his sponsor testimony, the same crap, just a different day that, you know, Planned Parenthood is throwing babies into landfills, which isn't happening. It's been investigated like the majority of states across this country, including our state, and nobody's found that they've done anything wrong. By a very non-sympathetic AG. Yes, I mean, I mean, he was so non-sympathetic that he had to make crap up in his press conference to make it sound like they were still doing something wrong. Although they're following the same protocol that our state prisons do. So, you know, whatever. Um, so that's that was the first thing. Um, state Representative Amelia Sykes was amazing, asked some really great questions. Um Republican, I mean, not state senator, state representative. Um, then, because we're in the house now. Yes, Representative um, Mike Duffy, who's a Republican, actually asked some interesting questions too about why this is only um, fetal tissue from abortion and not mm. miscarriage. If this is really about treating tissue with dignity, then why aren't we caring about all the tissue? Right. 
Um, of course, I didn't really have a good explanation for that other than, well, the hospitals are already doing the right thing, so we don't need to include them. The uh, hospitals are doing the same thing with yes. Planned Parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> You're but not really allowed to <laughs> keep whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so there really wasn't any answer to that. Um, he also, I think, because the real answer is we don't want to shut hospitals down. We just want to shut abortion clinics down. So this is a way we can shut abortion clinics down. So um, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see if it gets a second hearing next week. We don't know right now whether it will or not. We haven't seen the method ban come back after its two hearings. So we'll see if that continues to be dead for a while. Are we anticipating seeing it this month? We thought it was going to happen a couple weeks ago, but it didn't. So we're still kind of waiting to see if it's going to or not. You know. (laughs) Just hanging out. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of at the mercy of whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. It's really interesting that these Republicans will ask these really hard-hitting questions in committee and like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, so you don't agree with this bill, but there's something going on behind the scenes that makes them vote for it anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw it with, was it this bill? No, I think it was the method ban. No, it was this bill. It was this bill in the Senate. The, the sponsored, the committee chair didn't want to pass it he said that he did he wanted to pass a constitutional bill <laughs> we he agreed that this was probably unconstitutional but then as the committee chair he called the vote in committee mm. and then he voted for the bill so yeah something's going on yeah well it's that we don't have competitive legislative districts so you've got to prove that you're the most conservative person possible to you know beat out the tea party conservative that might challenge you from the right in a primary because the only election you you care about in your gerrymandered district is the primary it's all gerrymandering Mm. we talk about that a lot oh we didn't we didn't put that on the agenda but we should talk about it in a second oh yeah um and then oh and we could talk about this morning's press conference yeah, we could do that too. Um, <laughs> we're just flying by the seat of our pants because Gabe isn't here to tell us what to do. Help, what are we doing? <laughs> we need a man to guide us. <laughs> no, we just need somebody to write a script that includes everything. Um, but um, so we went from that to a very good thing, actually, two very good things. So after that, Gabe and I split up, and Gabe went to a press conference with state representatives um, Boyd and Bog and state senator um, Charlita Tavares because they're introducing a paid family leave bill in Ohio. So when kids have fevers and can't go to daycare, (laughs) people have time off so they can go and stay and do what they need to do to take care of their family. Oh, you know, like parental leave when they give birth in the first place. Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so that happened um, that morning, um, kind of in preparation for something next week, which is the anniversary of FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, actually being signed into law by President Bill Clinton. Which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my issues with it, as I mm-hmm. do with most legislation. You know, the fact that it doesn't apply to co- like companies with less than 50 employees and doesn't include... like actual paid leave it just ensures that you can take off up to 12 weeks unpaid and make sure that you don't get fired for it yes if your company has more than 50 employees within a 75 mile radius (laughs) and you've worked yes 1250 hours in a year 1250 hours in a year so yeah did my research i I, I did have a baby (laughs) 
Yes. So um, I have never worked for an organization that had more than 50 employees. I don't think I've worked for more than one that had more than 25. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's what people don't understand a lot of times is this whole idea of small businesses and mm-hmm. large businesses. And the vast majority of companies are small businesses. And the definition of actually the like federal definition of small business is up to like 200 employees, which I think oh. is ridiculous. Oh, wow. So they probably think they're doing pretty good. But I'm. I'm sorry for my chat. Yeah. <laughs> just, yes. Squish, Squish has things to say about FMLA. He wishes that everybody had it had it too. Um, He's just screeching. Mm-hmm. He's learned that he could be a pterodactyl recently, which is awesome. <laughs> which he is doing right now. Um, so, yeah. So, that happened. And at the same time that happened, I went upstairs to a hearing room on a fabulous bill that State Representative Nikki Antonio has been pushing for, well, since she got into the state legislature, um, a bill to stop housing, um, public accommodations, and employment discrimination against LGBT Ohioans. So yeah, I guess it's first hearing in like nine years. Yeah, it's first time I had proponent wow. testimony in nine mm. years. Really? So, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Long time coming. Yes. Mm. So, so that was fabulous. They had a lot of various people, business leaders, um, saying how it how we attract good people into the state nobody wants to live in a state that doesn't actually value its citizens shocker uh, <laughs> you know the same thing our med students say yeah uh, pretty much <laughs> um i'll talk about brain drain and, and all those things and then some parents uh, with kids and i guess i missed it because i had to go to our row event but i guess the last person who spoke was a young girl um talking about her transition and how important it is for her growing up to live in a place where she can use the bathroom that matches her gender identity and not you know face other discrimination just based on who she is so I guess that was very very powerful from the folks that I heard talk so oh yeah I mean the bill got overwhelming support lots of testimonies right yeah and then there are unheard stories like I had a family member call me last night and was just like I'm at risk of losing my job because I'm gonna marry my partner next week and her boss is threatening to fire her, and she has no protections that. over this. And that's where it's like, this is where policy <laughs> meets real life, and mm-hmm. stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, somebody, one of the legislators was talking about how you can get married in the morning, mm-hmm. lose your job by noon, and be kicked out, evicted from your apartment by two just for getting married. So, wow. yeah, it's nice that we have the right to get married, but when you're not protected from all these other bad things happening in the cascade following that, mm-hmm is there really a right to get married? It's actually very similar to abortion. Yeah. (laughs) When you can't afford it and you can't access it and things like that, really, is there a right to have an abortion? Mm -hmm. So that was a really awesome hearing. And we seem to do a lot of these laws in like backwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you you should start with the anti-discrimination and then get like the right to marry. And that's just not how it happens. Well, I think it happened that way in a lot of the states that passed marriage equality before SCOTUS kind of fixed it for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of the plan was Mm -hmm. if you work through the discrimination stuff, you can eventually get there. But I think the Supreme Court ruling kind of made it faster than a lot of folks ever believed that it would be so actually i mean yeah that's a good point because like when i like when i did my call (laughs) when i did my call to action of the row event yesterday i mentioned how i didn't think that we were going to see marriage equality in my life i'm not old i'm 27 (laughs) yeah but it was just not something that was really on the radar even back in 2015 Mm -hmm. so yeah this is definitely an interesting 
timeline. Yeah. And different than I think anybody was anticipating. I mean, we're just here in Ohio. It was 2004 when we like passed a ban on gay marriage on mm-hmm. the ballot. And mm-hmm. a short 13 years later, well, 12 years later, there we were with, you know, marriage equality. I don't think anybody ever guessed that 12 years would would be the time frame on that. So so, so you have hmm. LGBTQ equality on one side and then abortion rights on the other side. It's like what's what's happening here? No one <laughs> likes all of us. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's interesting too when when all the marriage equality stuff happened and then so all these public accommodation fights started on the well my religion should mm. let me do this and yeah, you know, I, I was talking to a bunch of the folks who lead a lot of these LGBT organizations and saying how this whole religious discrimination piece is kind of the LGBT rights marriage equality fight of the Hyde Amendment. Mm-hmm. Mm. And how, you know, back when the Hyde Amendment was passed, so public funding for abortion, basically, for those who may not know, um, I think a lot of our people were kind of like, well, you know, it's such a small thing and, you know, it no, won't really false. impact anything. Incorrect. So, like, didn't fight it quite with, I think, the veracity that mm-hmm. looking back on it, we probably should have. So, you know, I was talking to a lot of those leaders, like, learn from our mistakes. Like, this doesn't seem like a huge deal, mm-hmm. maybe, but it is a huge deal because it starts this cascade of, well, you let us do that, then will you let us do all these other 500 things, which is where we are today. I mean, you made this point before when you, like, talked to past LGBT organizations, Roe paved the way for a lot of LGBTQ yeah. equality, mm-hmm. like right to privacy and mm-hmm. like getting out of people's bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I mean, Lawrence v. Texas quotes mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade as a reason why sodomy should not be illegal. So, Just yeah. Just a weird law. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to have sex because we say so. No, no, okay. specific types of sex. Yeah, specific <laughs> types of sex. So yeah, so that was that. And then Elena, since you were the one that did most of the work and I wasn't really there, we did the Row Together event. Elena did, like, did it. five other things. Yes. That's why. <laughs> no, I mean, it was like, it was all of us, right? We yes. rode together. Oh, Yay. look at that. Yeah, no, it was a great uh, event with Freedom of Choice Ohio. So it's a bunch of pro-choice yeah. organizations like NARAL as well as Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, Planned Parenthood, a bunch of women have options. I mean, all. ACLU, National Coalition awesome of Jewish Women, Leah Women Rollers. <laughs> There's a yeah. powerhouse yes. group, right? Urge. And uh, we came together to celebrate, of course, the 45th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, but also do some legislative updates, understand the bills and barriers to abortion access. But really the core part of it was our training, helping people have heart-to-heart conversations about abortion care because uh, we're still struggling 45 years later right and so it's a lot of that good heart-to-heart culture change work and uh really glad that we were able to use a curriculum uh by the NAF, the national network of abortion funds led by the fabulous stephanie sherwood oh, yes. yes she's phenomenal um and rian childs also was uh supportive and helped with the training and uh, it was just a good time with 90 plus people at a church. I love it. A church <laughs> of all places. It was awesome. Um, for us uh, to really dig in and understand, like, you know, our values and beliefs about abortion and not see that to the other side. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of lies and misinformation. And for people to really just say, no, really, <laughs> mm-hmm. I value this and this is why. Um, here's my experiences. Um, I think that's it's important work. That yeah. we need to be doing. And so we have a bunch of people fired up to do that, elevate the conversation and do more advocacy. Uh, 
Good time. Elena, mm-hmm. if they missed the Road Together event yesterday, what can they do to get involved next? Oh, I mean, well, next, there's lots of options. Next. But what's the so next FOCO event? Yes, FOCO, FOCO. Well, we have an advocacy day coming up, <laughs> I believe, at April 10th. Yes. Yes. Ooh, in Columbus Athenaeum. Uh, more ways for you to get connected and talk to your legislators. Mm-hmm. So look out for FOCO. They are on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, that we'll kind of continue the storytelling mm-hmm. trend yeah. that we started with the Road Together event and kind of help our folks share stories in a more legislative context mm-hmm. about how these bills impact them and, and those kinds of things. So yeah, should be fabulous. Baby's having mm-hmm. a great time over here. He's he's got lots to say. <laughs> he has he has thoughts, opinions about abortion <laughs> bans. Yes. yes. Uh, but before we started broadcasting, um, he was blowing raspberries at abortion bans. So I think he has similar feelings to to what we have too. But then on a another more serious topic, press conference this morning. So this morning, State Representatives Teresa Fetter, um, Nikki Antonio, and Michelle Lepore Hagen had signed a letter. Um, to Speaker of the House Cliff Rosenberger um, in response to some comments by State Representative Bill Seitz at a going-away party roast of a former chief of staff for the the House caucus um, where he used disparaging terms to talk about female legislators and then joked about how a former colleague who had recently been forced to resign because he had, like, sexually pursued a woman for I think almost a year when she continuously told him she was not interested in anything. Um, he, they were talking about like going away songs or something. And, um, he said that the song for that one would be Marvin's gaze. Let's get it on. Um, so it's completely inappropriate comments, Mm. joking about sexual harassment. I think on the day of, or the day after their mandatory sexual harassment training, so obviously that sexual harassment Sunk training in. worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he fell down the stairs. Yeah, and then he did <laughs> fall down the stairs. And yeah, he left that, fell down the stairs and broke his ankle. Um, so so these three state reps were joined by State Representative Kathleen Clyde. She was also there for the press conference. Um, but yeah, just talking about how these are a symptom of a larger problem that this is a piece of basically the hostile work environment that is working on Capitol square in Columbus and how, you know, he's not the only one that says these kinds of things. And it's created this whole culture of acceptance of, of these pieces. So it was an interesting press conference. Um, you can find it on our Facebook because I shared the Facebook Live video of that. So that video should be on the Narrow Pro Choice Ohio Facebook um, page. Um, and we'll try to share the statement and things that they put out today as well. But it was really interesting. I think one of the pieces that hit me the hardest, um, somebody, one of the reporters asked, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the reporters asked, how many people had signed this letter and it's just those three legislators right now, but they're talking to more. But Nikki Antonio had a really kind of critical piece. She said, I don't care if it's just us right now, Hmm. because of course the ultimate goal is that this doesn't happen again, but we know that it most likely will happen again. Hmm. And if it's just us three now, hopefully us three coming forward now on this issue will cause when it does happen again, that person not to be silent and not feel like they will have political retribution and be able to come forward with, with their story and 
file the complaints and do the things. Wasn't there also a bill introduced by Fetter um, for human trafficking? Yes. Yesterday or today? She had sponsored testimony on that Tuesday because it was Deos in Toledo. And Representative Seitz asked if the age of consent mattered. Yes. Um, with regards to rape, no. It's rape. <laughs> like, it's not going to matter if this person happens to be 16 or older. It's still rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's, a, he's not really got a great track record as far as, like, anything related to women or feminine folks or, like, anything related to sex Consents. and sexuality. Just, yeah. Just a, not, not a good place. Not a, not a good white man to have in the legislator. Yeah. Old white man. Well, he even, I mean, he's against clean energy standards. I, I often say that the only thing that some, uh, that uh, then Senator, but now Repos- representative cites, and I've agreed on is that he opposed Senate Bill 5. But of course, mm. not from the same places because <laughs> we don't agree on why things happen. But but yeah, I mean, he's definitely not... Um, not a friend of ours. Not a friend. And the fact, the way that he questioned um, Rep Fetter on her bill, she actually brought that up in the press conference today too as mm. kind of a pattern of of what kind of you know beliefs he has and those kind of things um speaker of the house has you know basically responded to all of the calls for him to for um representative sites to resign with you know he's apologized he's written this open letter and you know we're going to create a task force to fix this it was like yesterday (laughs) yeah so they're going to create a task force because more training is definitely going to work because you know it happened within 48 hours of the last training um, I mean, if this is something that you di- that you did ten years ago, and there hasn't been a pattern of you doing it, like I don't know, yesterday, then maybe there's like room for your, like growth and understanding, and like not necessarily that you have to step down, but like the same week after you are like breaking your ankle because you've made stupid comments, <laughs> you are like interrogating somebody about the age of consent with regards to like human trafficking. You clearly don't get it, and you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So you just need to leave office. <laughs> Yeah, old fart. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, he wasn't the only one that said ridiculously bad things at this thing. Um, Huffman. Huff, Representative Huffman also talked about, I can't remember in what he was saying, but he was referring to another female legislator and called her, see you next Tuesday. C-U-N-T. Yeah. And said, whoever it was, that she's a real. See you next Tuesday. Ha <laughs> ha, am I right? <laughs> All this locker room talk yeah. that happens to be out in the open in a recordable way. Mm-hmm. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. And supposedly there were actually a couple of women there. And um, according to the press conference, I haven't seen where, but according to something that Rep. Fetter said at the press conference, one of them did feel uncomfortable enough to leave. Um, and even Speaker Rosenberger said that the comments made him uncomfortable, but there was just so much going on at that time that he just didn't feel like it was it was the time and place to deal with it, like, immediately. What is your job? Howard. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he recognized that what was being said wasn't good. And actually, there's pictures out there of when Seitz was doing some of this, and the staffer whose going-away party it was is like sitting there because it's a roast. So he's like sitting there in mm-hmm. front of everybody. And he, the, the look on this staffer's face is kind of like, what the heck is happening Who here? Who in the legislator thought it was a good idea mm. to host a roast? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Like I've oh. been around enough comedians to know that like, that's not something you're going to do if you want to be like 
Like, that's not something you want recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as somebody, like, in a position of power. Yeah. Uh, you know, with people that you represent. Uh-huh. So... Whoever's idea that was, they need to be fired. And especially if it was a legislator. Yeah, Yeah, it was not the most brilliant idea any of these people have ever had. And Swish agrees. Yeah. (laughs) Pterodactyl there agrees with our our statements. But yeah, so I think that covers the week. Did we forget anything else? I know. It's like we did all this and it's like, yeah. It's only Thursday. The update on Toledo stuff, um, Bill O'Neill's last day on the Supreme Court was Friday, but we still haven't seen anything out of the Supreme Court on the Toledo case. So, But we have seen other cases that he ruled on, so the ruling that he made on the Toledo case is still valid. Yes, so if huh. they finished it and he signed off, they can still release it with his name. So. Did they post? Did he post saying that he'd gotten through all of the cases? Yeah, he said some. He had a cryptic Facebook post about the how they had. Cryptic? Yeah, <laughs> they had ninety nine cases to get through when he, you know, announced he was leaving, and now they're down to zero. So I don't know if that meant that they just decided not to decide some of them, and that's how they got through them all, or if they really decided all ninety nine. Who knows? But mm, okay. so. Stay tuned. We still don't know when and where and how and whatever it's going to happen. So fun. This is the U.S. Supreme Court. They usually release all the big ones like that last week of June. So you kind of know like this is when it's going to happen. But, you know. Kelly, you want to talk about your upcoming events? Do you remember what they are? Uh, Most of them. Okay. Next Wednesday, there's two events, one of which I will not be at. There's one here in Columbus. There's a zero week screening. Is it a gateway? Yes. At Gateway Film Center, what time? Seven? Uh, it actually starts at 5.30 with a networking thing. I think the film starts at 6 and goes from 6 to 7.30 with like a half hour Q&A after. Gotcha. Um, but I will not be at that. I will be in Dayton for an organizing meeting with our friends at Planned Parenthood. Woo-hoo. It'll be at the Planned Parenthood Health Center in Dayton. So that'll be 6 to 8, I think. Mm-hmm. It's on the Facebook page. Yes. Um, the next day... I will be in Cincinnati for a luncheon lobby. This is the first in a series, and I'm really excited about it. It's co-sponsored by the UC Women's Center, and I think the African American Studies Department, and maybe a few others that I don't know about yet. Cool. Um, That'll be Representative Ingram, and lunch will be provided. And I think it might only be open to students, but it'll be fun, and I'm (laughs) really excited. Sounds very fun. We've already booked our one for March, and now I just need to book April. Yay. Well done. And also on Wednesday to break in there, um, the actually Thursday, um, the row together Cleveland event is Thursday night at six 30 at Trinity cathedral Mm -hmm. in Cleveland as well. Oh, and this coming Sunday I have my next crafternoon. So if you want to hang out and craft, it'll be a Holy craft from one to three this month instead of three to five. So yay. Is Uh, there a specific craft this month? Yarn graffiti. Yarn graffiti. Yeah. Fun. Come if you're cool. if that piques your interest, that means you need to come and learn more. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Squish is done with podcasting. And then the other thing coming up next week, there is a phone bank in Toledo. You can email us at volunteer at prochoiceohio.org for all the information on that event and Toledo as well. So with that, I think we are done. Yeah. So we'll next see. week on the podcast, it'll probably be Nikki Winkleman and Amber Falter with Stand Up for Choice. Yay, more Nikki, comedians. Yes, Nikki Winkleman <laughs> is going to be 38 weeks pregnant at the Stand Up for Choice show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Great. Cool. Well, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.